0: That will drop right to your favorite podcast server every single day. No topics are off limits. Anything and everything is covered. Uncensored, unfiltered, uncut. You are listening to Just Thinking with the one and only Stan Wangland.
1: Hey, everybody, this is Stan Wangland, and welcome to Just Thinking. How the heck is everybody doing today? I hope you're having a great day. And uh, I can just tell you my day has been a very, very excellent day. And I think I have a really interesting uh, topic for uh, folks, uh, you know, today. And um, that topic would be uh, on partisan history if you can possibly believe such a thing. Partisan history. Uh, and, And, you know, where did I get this idea from? Well, I was reading some stuff in the New York Times it just came out today, and something that I knew already, but I didn't know it was to this ex- extent. You now, I'm a college professor, like uh, which I've mentioned several times, and I'm always getting uh, requests from publishers to review textbooks. And sometimes I'll keep earlier editions of textbooks because I like the uh, information on them better. I think they're more clinically sound, or they might have a better historical per- perspective, you know, rather than, you know, current stuff in there that might be a little more current, but, you know, there's missing some things there. And, and we have, you know, the right to pick textbooks. You know, there could be 50 textbooks. Or there's many more, actually, on general psychology that are pretty much the same. But uh, you know, depending upon the professor, depending upon what kind of course you're teaching, you know, you, you know, you um, you know, you want uh, to have some latitude in, in picking that text. But essentially, they're all the same. I mean, they start telling you about Sigmund Freud or behaviorism or some such thing. And I'm only talking about psychology. They're not going to tell you that there's a different theory uh, of behaviorism, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, if you're talking about B.F. Skinner, they're going to give a completely different different interpretation. It's going to be pretty much the same interpretation, plus or minus, you know, a, a more detailed analysis. Well, what's my point? Uh, the story that I saw here today, I'm, I'm, I'm aware of, but I didn't realize it was to this extent. And it's uh, you know from January to you know, today in, in 2020, and the title of the article is Two States, Eight Textbooks and Two American Stories. And uh, what the authors of the New York Times did with this is they analyzed some of the most popular social studies textbooks. Used in California and Texas because they're, you know, remarkably different in terms of the political makeup of these uh, of these two states, and they wanted to see how political uh, how political issues divides the shape uh, and nature of what students learn about their nature's history. And when I read the article and saw the pictures of the textbooks, my goodness gracious! I was completely stunned. You know, and you see this in terms of political correctness, you know, with certain things. I was uh, just listening to a thing on a Burger King commercial where the guy says, damn, that burger was good. And some uh, evangelical uh, Christian group, I think it's called One Million Mothers, uh, which doesn't have a million people. I'm not putting them down for being evangelical or Christian or anything else like that. But this one particular group, they seem to get very, very upset over the fact that the word damn was in there and, and, you know, it's one of those things that people say like Hot damn or damn, that's good But uh, they didn't want any part of that And thought that was dreadful And, uh, you know, I really think that was an overreaction I, I think kids hear a lot worse from that in any family And given the context, it, it's just those things like you know, Hot damn or whatever I don't think that's going to hurt anybody But that's my opinion I think what I'd be more interested in is this had to do with a Burger King commercial with the Impossible Burger. Which, if you look at the ingredients of the you know the Impossible Burger, yeah, it's uh, you know it's all natural. There's no meat. There's no plant-based anything. Really, uh, the one that I saw when I checked it out, uh, on Burger King actually had uh, more carbohydrates, and it wasn't any better for you. In fact, it might even be worse than eating a, a meat. Hamburger. So again, there's the illusion of something being healthy for you, but what they are is worried about the word damn. So there's different realities from people, but this thing with the textbook is shocking to me and very disturbing to me. Uh, you know, number one, uh, I, I've always mentioned on this show that I was, I had, uh, uh, you know, uh, kind of a minor in history and English as well as psychology when I was in college. And and I had a scholarship uh, offer to um, Columbia University for English, uh, you know, and uh, to American University for history. And, uh, you know, I love these two, uh, you know, particular areas. And I love social studies. I was in all advanced classes in social studies. I'm always reading about history. I love historical Fiction, I love, uh, you know, to read uh, historical nonfiction, you know, nonstop if I can. And this is very disturbing. Again, and I'm really not, uh, you know, joking on this one, uh, you know, because uh, there should be a kind of a similarity uh, when we're when we're talking about things in history, uh, you know, between textbooks, as I said before, there shouldn't be some kind of like massive difference. Uh, in history, you know, cause these are supposed to be things that you, you know, you're, you're, you're reporting pretty much as fact as empirical evidence, you know, with some degree of interpretation, but the things that they report in this are, uh, just crazy things that cover the same sweeping stories. From the brutality of slavery to the struggle for civil rights to the founding fathers and uh, waves of immigration, all these kinds of things and, um, you know, other fundamental questions that they have in there. Uh, You know, we can't come to uh, consensus on capitalism, uh, you know, you know, how do we control it in the 21st century, Uh, whether immigrants are a burden uh, on society or a blessing to us, you know, to what extent the legacy of slavery continues to shape American life with uh, African Americans and people of colors and textbook publishers, according to this article, get caught in the middle. And uh, classroom materials are being shaded by politics. And they're also the the important thing is they're shaping a generation of future future voters. So conservative, uh, you know, people in Texas, for example, it's a more conservative state, obviously, by and large. And. um, California's. That doesn't mean there aren't conservatives and liberals in both states. But the conservatives in those states have fought to promote patriotism. They highlight the influence of Christianity. They celebrate the founding fathers, those kind of things. And, uh, you know, they try not to be, uh, you know, indoctrinating people with any left wing ideology as it were. Now in California, the left has pushed for students to encounter history more from the ground up than the top down. And they want them to focus on the experiences of marginalized groups, such as enslaved people, women in Native Americans, Americans. And so we're looking at this where, you know, the, you know, they're looking at history totally from people being, you know, or not totally greatly from people being victimized um, and I can see that when when people start this with uh, with Christopher you know, with Christopher Columbus or other things along those lines, and I'm yes, by today's standards, Christopher Columbus looks like he was a harsh guy. He wasn't necessarily by the by the times, and that includes the indigenous peoples, you know, that he interacted with. I mean, you know, they were some pretty harsh people in their own right, is like the Aztecs and the Incas and things like that. That was not Columbus with those people, but other conquistadors. But that's my point. People would have you think that uh, it's the uh, myth of the noble savage. Uh, my daughter, who was an anthropologist, would remind us, you know, that all, you know the, the the noble savages, you know, they, they had all kinds of cures for this or that. You know, everything was idyllic uh, in their um, environments and governments and everything. And they couldn't even further from the truth. They had all the same problems that we have with maybe less technology and uh, a bunch of other, you know, a a bunch of other things that you can analyze on multiple levels, you know. But this thing about politicizing history is a really bad thing. And uh, it has to do with state social studies standards, state laws, uh, you know, all kinds of things. There's textbook review panels. Uh, all kinds of things that get put into the picture uh, that are going to affect people in school all over the country. You know, are they going to be getting accurate information or are we going to be getting more bullshit that's coming out there? Uh, I'm reading that a California panel was asked or asked the publisher, McGraw-Hill, they're the famous uh, you know, publishers, particularly of textbooks, to avoid the use of the word massacre. When describing 19th century Native American ta- attacks on white people, you know, what? Yeah. Uh, you know, Native Americans, uh, American Indians, whatever you, you know, uh, of course, were engaged in massacres of other people, and they in, in turn were massacred. You know, massacring uh, people, you know, happened uh, you, you was an equal opportunity employer <laughs> throughout the world in that time period. Please and thank you. You know, equally crazy is a Texas panel asked Pearson, and I love Pearson publishers, they, they put out some good materials, to point out the number of clergy who signed the Declaration of Independence and to state that the nation's founders were inspired by the Protestant Great Awakening. Now, I've mentioned on the show a thousand times, I am I am a, a very religious person, believe it or not. Uh, you know, I, I think I would even go at this stage of my life to say in some ways, I'm very devout in those things as a Christian. And I can assure you as a scientist and I can assure you as a, a history buff and a former history minor in college, many of the founding fathers... Uh, You know, were products of the Enlightenment and the Renaissance and all those things. And they detested religion and found that they very clearly wanted a a complete separation of church and state and and the monarchy as well. And they certainly found uh, or certainly believed that, uh, you know, religion was one of the things that were causing or had caused along with, uh, you know, the monarchy. The problems that we had in the world or they had in the world at that time. So absolutely not. You know, uh, uh, you know, with the founding fathers, just just loving and just this like big group of Protestant uh, people looking for this great awakening. That just wasn't the case. And it wasn't the case with Franklin, you know, Benjamin Franklin, the great scientist and the chief negotiator. You know, he was the uh, big shot in France and Europe and Renaissance man. And it wasn't with Thomas Jefferson or, you know, many of the other people, George Washington and all that, you know, all those folks, you know, just not the case. Um, one of the things we find is that the, like I say, in the California panel where people are reviewing for the State Board of Education, the members, were appointed by the former governor, Jerry Brown, who was a Democrat. And in the Texas panel, they were appointed uh, by a Republican-dominated state board of education. And uh, they were made up of educators, parents, business reps, and a Christian pastor and politician. And even like textbooks from McGraw-Hill, when they're doing things in social studies, when they have the Bill of Rights appearing in two different states, It's the same textbook, but the textbook leaves parts of it blank or it calls attention to different things in the annotation on on the book. So here's the same textbook. They have the same facts. They have these same little white boxes that come off to the side with annotations, but they say different things depending upon the state that they're in. You know, that's kind of crazy. That's kind of crazy. You know, uh, it, it's like, uh, in one of the liberal states, the California states, they're talking about the African American Harlem Renaissance and saying what a great thing it was that it adds more depth and nuances and everything else like that. However, in Texas and the other states, they're saying that, um, uh, it was really overstated. And, uh, you know, it, 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 it would, it, it, it it was really not, uh, you know, uh, as, as great as uh, people were making it out to be. Those kinds of things. So very, very, very uh, curious. The other thing is when, uh, you know, you uh, buy textbooks, textbooks last or cement meant to last for a number of, number of years. And you're knocking out people who will take these beliefs from school and you're putting them out as voters. So uh, you know, recent textbooks textbooks you know are are making some crazy changes and some good ones. But like in Texas and California, volumes deal more bluntly now with the cruelty of the slave trade. Uh, and what was common in textbooks for generations is that they kept putting, well, some slave owners treated enslaved people kindly. And then African-Americans are better off enslaved than free. And you've seen that in pictures. When you see the picture with John Wayne with the Alamo, you have, uh, you know, Colonel Travis's slave, you know, wants to be there with him and jumps in front of the bayonet. Jim Bowie's slave, all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, John Wayne and the man who killed Liberty Valance, uh, you know, the famous athlete, Olympic athlete and actor Woody Strode is his loyal man Friday and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, this stuff gets played out, uh, you know, in these textbooks anyway, that's what I've been thinking about. And we see the same thing when we're watching the news, don't we? You watch Fox news and you're getting one spin one way and you watch, uh, MSNBC, you're getting it in another whole direction. So, uh. What is uh, America to do? What is an educated person to do? What is the kid supposed to do? Well, I think it's up to the parents. It's up for people to be uh, aware of these things. And if the school books that you see are full of bunk or you don't know, maybe uh, you should stop playing on the uh, iPhone you have and you should spend a little time on the Internet uh, looking at some things. Uh, on history and looking at both sides and seeing if we make some determinations and maybe discussing some of those things with your kids so that you're sure that your kids have some sense uh, of you know what's really going on in the world and what's gone on in the past because I have to tell you the truth uh Jay Leno you know the, the former host of the Tonight Show and the comedian he used to have a great show called a great bit on a show called Jaywalking and man people would go out on the street and say hey you know when was the civil war and people say 1950. You know, uh, you know when was Lincoln pres? You know when was Lincoln president? Nineteen twenty-five. Who was Kennedy? I don't know. It's pretty spooky what people do and don't know. And again, if you can um, take textbooks and just filter the information, it becomes nothing more than propaganda. So that's what I've been thinking about uh, tonight. And when I uh, see people strutting around and. And saying stupid stuff, uh, whether the president of the United States or politicians or, you know, people on television and and just quoting nonsense. And then you see that's even being done in the school schools, which is kind of to me like a holy place. Hey, it's a little bit upsetting. But that's what I've been thinking about. And I hope you like the show. And I will catch you real soon. This show should come out on Monday. So I hope you have a great beginning to a great week. Okay? So rate and review the show, please, and thank you. And if you want to get a hold of me, you can get a hold of me, Stan Wangland at swangland. That's S-W-A-N-G-L-U-N-D at gmail.com. Bye-bye now.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Just Thinking with Stan Wangland. Please feel free to follow and subscribe on whichever podcasting service you use for your podcasting needs and give us a rating and review for Just Thinking with Stan Wangland. And also, you can check Stan out on Twitter. It's at S Wangland. That's at S Wangland. W-A-N-G-L-U-N-D on Twitter. And you can also follow all the great shows on the Reality Check Podcast Network, on our Instagram page, Reality Check Podcast Network, or on our Twitter, at Our Podcast Network on Twitter. And if you are interested in advertising or sponsoring your products, your services on this show, all you have to do is hit me up at www.podcast.com at gmail.com and find out about the great rates to advertise on shows like Just Thinking with Stan Wanglin and the many, many more great shows on the Reality Check Podcast Network.
1: Did you really think it was just guys that like to discuss and analyze wrestling?
0: what's going on you have john wanglin one of the hosts of wrestling with reality check out our shows this week on wrestling with reality we have some great shows we have our mma show we look at is khabib namaga madoff versus george st pierre reality why john jones is such a disgrace to the ufc we also have on wcw monday nitro watch along and we take a look back at triple h in his 25 year career in the wwe so check out wrestling with reality on all major podcast outlets